Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. Hey, I'm Anthony Hookman. And we are your hosts as we continue uh, our, our dive into maybe the best season of Friday Night Lights, season three. Uh, I got to say already, first two episodes have not disappointed. No, got to agree 100%. I was... Uh, I don't know if I maybe just overdid it on details or if just a lot happened in this episode, but I was like furiously scribbling uh, <laughs> for pretty much the entire episode and had to had to pause. Uh, Angie has been luckily very patient. She understands <laughs> that <laughs> um, this, uh, you know, this uh, podcast hobby goes a little bit beyond just watch sitting down and watching yeah. uh, an episode. So, yeah, she's been very patient with me just being like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, yep. I got to. Got to rewind. Got to got to pause for a little while. I got to write a paragraph. <laughs> I I do think I do think it was this episode uh, especially because I usually will kind of start watching the the episode when I my kids are in the bath. I'll just sit in there, put the episode on, start typing away. But it was too distracting this time. <laughs> like I was trying to get too much stuff down, and the kids, you know, <laughs> yeah. you got to kind of pay attention to them, <laughs> and uh, I couldn't do it so. Uh, I had just put it off until I could get on my own so I could take the proper notes for everything. So we do got a good one coming up. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, Anthony, I got to say, the mustache, the hair, you got a real Wayne Grow thing going <laughs> these days. A real what? Wayne Grow. Uh, it's okay. What was what's the phenomenon we were talking about today? The uh, Bader Meinhof. Yeah, Bader Meinhof. So, uh, I'm not sure I, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It might be bot or it's double A, but either way, yeah. It can also, what frequency something. Anyway, where uh, you find out about something for the first time and then you just hear it or see it everywhere. So, I always think of it like when you're buying a car and you're looking at a certain type of car, like, a, you know, like a Kia Sentra or something. And you've never noticed them before. And you're like, oh, uh, maybe these Kia Sentra's all right. And I don't see that many of them around. Maybe they're good. And then the next day you see like 10 Kia Sentra's when you're driving around. So kind of that phenomenon. Wayne Grow is a character from Heat, the movie. Oh, yeah. And he is a dude with long, like kind of blown back hair and like a scruffy <laughs> beard. And I hear references all the time to you got a real Wayne Grow look going on there. Huh. And, uh, which I never, I never, it just, you know, went right over my head until I saw the movie heat a couple years ago. And then now it's like, oh man, people reference Wayne girl all the time. Interesting. I saw heat in high school and I don't remember anything about it aside from thinking that it was good, but a little bit slow. Yeah. Um, I have been meaning to rewatch it. I actually just watched Michael Mann's or I started watching Michael Mann's first movie last night. Thief. Oh, yeah with James Kahn, which so far oh, is pretty good as nice. of the last, like, for the first, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about Heat just last night. Bader Meinhof, baby. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, the actual, the look that I'm going for that I accidentally realized uh, once I got down into the mustache, which is uh, a look that I've wanted to pull off for a long time and kind of thought that I never would actually get to because I didn't expect to not get a haircut for two years. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> Is uh, going for the the Billy Crudup in Almost Famous look. Oh man, that's a which, 
that's a deep reference that I gotta think I back to like yeah. 14-year-old Josh. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna show you some Wayne Girl here. Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Girl. Wayne Girl. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got kind of a Wayne Girl. A little going bit on. Well, I approve. Uh, I'll also say I don't know if it's just because you trimmed the beard down, but your your face is looking a little slimmer. I feel like I can Thank see you. the the weight coming off. Uh, <laughs> I hope which so. Is, yeah, you're looking <laughs> looking good. So, uh, yeah. With that, what are you drinking tonight? I assume it's fairly low calorie as usual. Yeah. So I do have um, the Lafroig going again. I yes. was just. Before we sat down to record, or before I got to the computer to record, I was working on a puzzle. I threw on a little Mavis Staples on the turntable and um, was working on a puzzle and poured myself a glass of whiskey. And uh, this is just kind of a continuation of that. But I do have, as backup, I've got my vodka water Mio's uh, that'll follow this up uh, once I finish the glass of whiskey. So that's, uh, man, I respect that that just whole vibe you had going on there. <laughs> Mavis Staples, a glass oh, of whiskey yeah. and a puzzle. That's yeah. That's a 30, uh, 30 some year old <laughs> life. You're living right there. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. I like it. What do you, uh, uh, what do you got over there? Yeah. Meanwhile, over here, uh, the important thing with this is once again, drink out of my Gus's world famous fried chicken cup. Uh, it is just a little rum a little light margarita mix and a little uh, sugar-free Sprite or 7-Up. So nothing fancy. Uh, Tastes good. I like drinking out of my Memphis cups. (laughs) So, all right. That's what we're drinking. We've discussed Anthony's bro flow. Uh, So (laughs) let's move on to our episode this week. We, We should just get right into it since we both have copious notes. Yes. This is episode two of season three. It is entitled Tammy Knows Best. Uh, Debatable. We'll get into that. Yeah, Uh, we'll see. But uh, this aired October 8th of 2008. It looks like we have some Movie Dude 1 action here. We certainly do. (laughs) When Coach Taylor realizes that it's not Smash's knee that's holding it back, he comes up with a rather unique way of laying it all on the line. The doctor lays it all on the line for Matt, who (laughs) legally can't take care of his grandmother anymore, while Buddy goes out of his way, laying it on the line for Tammy over the Jumbotron issue and laying it on the line with Tim, who's now dating his daughter. Meanwhile, Tyra realizes that it's easier to lay it on the line by taking shortcuts in winning the student body presidency. (laughs) I, okay, I gotta say, I don't. There's not a whole lot to actually pick apart here, as far as like errors. Um, I mean, we got some run-on sentences, but the it's second not egregious. Yeah, the second sentence is egregious. I think you're right. Here, here's the second sentence, and I'll read it with commas. Yes, the doctor lays it all on the line for Matt, comma who comma legally comma can't take care of grandmother comma anymore comma while buddy lies while buddy goes out of his way comma laying it on the line for tammy over the jumbotron issue comma and laying it on the line with tim comma 
who's now dating his daughter. That is one sentence. Yeah, I stand corrected. That's pretty <laughs> egregious. <laughs> you counting commas there. <laughs> I count at least seven commas in that one sentence. That's pretty bad. That's impressive and wild. And I'm pretty liberal with my commas, but <laughs> it's a little much. It doesn't. Can't Throw in a, a dash or something anyway. when we do one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a semicolon <laughs> I, I don't know if movie dude one can handle the semicolon <laughs> nobody actually knows how to use them anyway we've established this yes. uh, I will but like his his parallels they're not too forced they kind of work yeah I think he, he he's got a good foundation going every week but yes. it falls apart um, when he actually tries to to build upon that, yeah. Um. All right. So to give it a rating, I'm feeling pretty generous with this. The commas probably lose one to two points. It'd probably be a seven. I'm gonna give it a six. Wow. I was thinking like four. <laughs> all right. I I mean I think it's. I think my my reasoning is. The parallels are good. It's not too forced because it works. Uh, there's only one run-on sentence uh, as a and two pretty good sentences. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling positive. If I'm a six, you're a four. I say we meet in the middle out of five and just we can do that. Say this was fine. This was fine. I'll allow it, dude. One. I'll allow it. All right. This episode starts off. Uh, Tim and Lila messing around a little bit. Yeah, fooling around in bed, but they are quickly interrupted by Billy, Mm -hmm. who has discovered that Tim received a letter of interest from the University of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've taken a a liking, apparently, to Tim, and and I guess want to see what he's all about. Uh, Tim has not mentioned this to Billy. He has also not mentioned this to Lila. Lila is also pretty... um, Pretty excited about this, but Tim is seeming pretty, I would say, ambivalent at best. Yeah. Uh, Tim really, this doesn't really matter much to him. I don't think he's really considering it as a serious option, but uh, Lila immediately stops what she's doing with uh, with Tim. Well, because Billy walked in, but then <laughs> is completely done with that and goes to get her laptop excitedly because She's going to start working on this. Billy is also pretty pumped. And yeah, like you said, Tim's just kind of whatever. Okay. (laughs) Next we see uh, Tammy is meeting with a reporter to talk about the reallocation of the Jumbotron funds. Uh, the, The reporter asked something about like, is does this make it uh, awkward or whatever with your husband, the football coach and Tammy very assuredly, I think I had, I kind of didn't quite know what the look on her face was, but I think very assuredly said like, no, our marriage is built on a foundation of mutual trust and respect and all that. So yeah, I think think she feels pretty confident about what she's saying. I think she said it pretty confidently. Well, as well. Um, I think, you know, it was, uh, we did, we did we say it was October of 2008 that this episode aired? Yep. 
you know, it was the era of, of Sarah Palin and gotcha questions. And I think that's what the journalist was maybe <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull. Uh, would you describe Tammy as a pit bull with lipstick or <laughs> <laughs> whatever? Absolutely Sarah not. Said she was. Okay, <laughs> good. Yep. Uh, but Tammy seems pretty, pretty happy with the interview at this point. Uh, Graham Saracen is at the doctor with Matt and they're taking her blood pressure. It's not looking good. Doctor says that she's kind of in the danger zone. Yeah. uh, Blood pressure is very high. We find out that Grandma Saracen isn't taking her meds because it makes her skin dry out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the doctor, I felt like was, at least in that moment, I felt like he was like kind of chewing Matt out. Like bro, you got to get her pills. Come on. What are you doing? Uh, (laughs) Which seems a little much for a 17 year old kid, but he pulls Matt out into the hall because it's a, it's very apparent that grandma is not interested in taking those pills whatsoever. She says as much like, I'm not going to get this refill. Not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the doctor lays it on the line for Matt. (laughs) And yeah, basically says like, I can't give these to you. Because you're a minor and not her guardian or whatever. So you got to figure out a way to make this happen. Or uh, grandma's getting getting up there, doesn't seem to be able to take care of herself. Basically hints at you might need to think about putting her in a home yep. or something. Yeah, so basically gives Matt all of his options. Matt is trying to find any other way to, to handle this, but the doctor makes it pretty clear that basically his options are, yeah, become an emancipated minor and become her legal guardian. Oh, does the lawyer? Yeah, that's the lawyer a little later. later. Okay, I thought the doctor had told him that and then he went to the lawyer to find out how to do it, but maybe I... Maybe not. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Either way, finds out that basically things are, yeah, things are not great with grandma. No. We see Tammy. She's staying up late looking for the midnight drop of the newspaper article. Coach uh, is up there with her and the article is posted and they check it out. And basically the headline is all about how tensions are high in the marriage of Coach Taylor and Principal Tammy Taylor. And Tammy's pretty aghast. Yeah, yeah. She kind of closes the laptop in horror. (laughs) (laughs) After which Coach uh, promptly offers to go get more wine. Yes. (laughs) So good job, Coach. Uh, Being a good husband there. We see Smash working out with Coach again. And he's not really performing up to Coach's liking. He's slow and not hitting stuff like he should. Yeah, Coach kind of notices that he is, um, his form has changed. Um, but he seems to be a little bit hesitant while, you know, performing these jukes and jives and, and whatever else. Yeah, yeah, he's not right. Uh, Smash brings up, like, the fact that he's worried about coaches. Like, what's your plan here, Coach? What's the what's the big picture? Yeah, and, and Smash kind of, admits right that he he's concerned that 
about getting injured again and that he he's not ready to um even though he probably can go 100% he's not ready to give 100% because that's what got him hurt last time sure yep uh, and then we do get a short uh little post scene to that scene of coach making making those calls and and trying to get follow-ups with some of the regional universities yeah, and it's not going well. It's apparent because he, he's basically begging the guy on the phone. Yeah. Uh, come on, leaving, bo- leaving voicemails. Yeah, yep. Mac McGill comes in, says something about, well, maybe the timing's just not good for a walk on. But you can tell Coach is a little worried here. Tammy gets to work the next morning after the article comes out, and the phones are ringing off the hook, and friggin' VP trucks is uh, is a mess. Yeah. Um, and so Tammy kind of skirts past him and well, trucks says it's, you know, about the article or whatever. Uh, Tammy kind of skirts past him, goes into her office and <laughs> buddy and mayor Rodell are just hanging out like a couple of mobsters. Yeah. Just waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mayor Rodell kind of, yeah. Gives her plays good cop and, and says, oh, I think, you know, you should maybe issue a public statement saying that you, you know, made a mistake, yeah. um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Tammy refuses. <laughs> and then Merido goes bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she turns the corner hard and gets very aggressive and, uh, you know, kind of makes one of the mob-like threats of, I'd hate if things got ugly around here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very obvious that Tammy is not in her good graces or <laughs> pretty much anyone in the town's good graces. Um, I also have to note that during this scene, Buddy is loving it. <laughs> um, He's just kind of hanging out in the background. <laughs> they cut to him in. at one point when um, Meridel says something pretty aggressive and Buddy does a like, he does the that Antonio Banderas gif where he does like a you know he like leans back in his chair and like puts his head up to the sky and just gives like a I don't know how I missed that but that sounds awesome yeah he is just like like he's loving it uh yeah I I wrote down here that and and I'm sure we'll get into it more, but man, Tammy is being very idealist and pretty dang naive at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and coach kind of says this later, but it's kind of like, what did you expect to happen? Did you really think yeah. this was a good idea? Yeah. Um, buddy caught you like this, Buddy caught you a check for what well, we have to assume was several million dollars <laughs> right and you just decided like to just not only like use it on like education which it obviously some of that money should be used for at least some of it but like to not even be like oh what if we like maybe cut that jumbotron in half <laughs> you know like <laughs> right didn't even uh, yeah I don't know what you're going to do with that kind of money, the implied amount of money <laughs> with just the education, but 
Well, and I mean, Buddy made it clear that this money was given by people specifically yeah. for a Jumbotron. Oh, yeah. Like, this is how fundraising works. And <laughs> if people give money thinking that it's going towards a Jumbotron, uh, presumably large sums of money, and it instead goes to buying chalk uh, for the school. <laughs> That's a lot of chalk. Uh, what was she choosing between chalk and his last episode? I don't remember. When she was doing the, the budget. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, people are going to be pissed. And sure enough, people are very pissed. And Mayor Rodell might be the most pissed of all. Yeah. <sighs> we then cut to Buddy, who is Buddy Splurgeon. Yeah, he must dinner. have been uh, cutting some off the top of the Jumbotron <laughs> funds. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's cooking up some New York strips with Lila. And uh, they're sitting down to dinner. And Buddy lets Lila know that they've been invited to dinner with the McCoy family. Yeah. And Lila uh, responds with, oh, nice. I'll ask Tim if he wants to, to join. And Buddy kind of puts Tim Riggins on blast. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't mince words whatsoever. Uh, and this is this is true Buddy form because we've seen Buddy be very nice and very generous towards Tim. Uh, even yeah. after he knew that like Lila and Tim had been a thing yeah. and then weren't uh, when it comes to the Panthers. But this has nothing to do with the Panthers. So Buddy wants nothing to do with Tim. Uh, he asks, he makes sure that, uh, Lila's using protection because the last thing they need is for her to get pregnant by Tim Riggins. Yes. He also very offended by this. Yeah. Calls Tim Riggins white trash Mm -hmm. says that Tim is below her. Yeah. Um, yeah, just some real, not good comments. Um, Lila storms off after the protection question. Yeah. Um, cause didn't he say like, I would make sure that, you know, if you're sleeping around with this guy that we don't have a dozen Tim Riggins running around. Uh-huh. <laughs> he does. <laughs> All right. I want to go back just slightly to the beginning of this scene, sure. mm-hmm. uh, where buddy says that he's made New York strip pan fried and buttered the way God intended it. But he sets the plate down in front of Lila and says, that's about $40 worth of steak right there. So Buddy made $80 worth of steak. Well, he probably has a bigger portion than Lila. So let's just go right. ahead and round it up to $100. Yeah. Buddy sure. spends $100 on steak. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, yeah. apparently it must be uh, dry aged and <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, Wagyu beef and all that top yeah, of the line. Pristine marbling in there, I guess. But uh, But that made me think. Uh, what's your, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you love a good steak. What's mm-hmm. your, maybe if there's a memorable steak that you've had or, you know, how do you, how do you take, what do you like for steak? Is it, you know, the New York strip, like buddy, a nice filet mignon. Yeah. Sure. Or, yeah. I have to tell you, this is going to sound possibly kind of basic, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to work at a, a pretty south dakota high-end restaurant Uh like you know and not even like yeah i'd say i'd call it i was gonna say small town south dakota high-end but no it was south dakota high-end um in brookings uh and they on the menu had what is 
to this day my favorite steak that i've ever had uh-huh. um a pittsburgh rare ribeye have you ever had no. uh, a pittsburgh rare so what no. they do is you cook it in a cast iron skillet nice. it's a um it's a ribeye so it's i mean not you know a, a really choice cut of beef but um and you just put some you know salt and pepper you know so kind of just your own blackening seasoning mm-hmm. and you get that cast iron just hot mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and you sear it on both sides for about like two minutes a piece mm-hmm. and um it's black on the outside just charred on the outside and, yeah. and and rare on the inside and it is just to die for it is for the last at least four birthdays that i've had like that's what i'm like let's go to craft and get the pittsburgh rare because that's my that's my birthday dinner so yeah nice uh so yeah i grew up on a beef farm and my family still raises cattle so i have ready access to excellent beef at all times so i consider myself pretty lucky that way Um, but I would say my favorite mistake, (laughs) (laughs) that's a different conversation. Uh, my favorite steak that I've had that was not Kuiper's farm beef, uh, would be, there's a little place in a neighboring town, uh, over in Lamar's, which you and I have had some, some, uh, adventures in Lamar's (laughs) memories. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but there's a little place like you have to cross the railroad tracks you know, in Lamar's to, to get to it. It's called Archie's Wayside. And it, you go in and the decor has not changed since, you know, 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, it literally, yeah, it literally feels like you're walking into a ni- 1978 steakhouse. It's one of those places where it's like, they've got two things on the menu. You can order I don't even know what cut of steak it is. It must be a sirloin because it's just a big, thick hunk of meat. Um, you can get that or like some chicken breast or something. Sure. Um, but like, I kid you not, the you know the sirloin is a good two inches thick. Yeah. You know, it's like a just a nice like three to four inch diameter and two inch thick. It's just a hunk of meat. It's it's cooked just in butter and salt and pepper. That's it. But a lot. Um, you know, I think it comes with steak fries or mashed potatoes. You get, uh, they bring out a relish tray, which is something that I wish, uh, was still around more, which is a very seventies thing, but it's just like pickles and carrot sticks and celery and, you know, some dips and stuff, some olives, but that comes out right away. Um, but yeah, then you just, after that, you're done with that. You get this big round hunk of meat. Uh, that is of course cooked to perfection, but like there's, there's automatically, you know, like a 45 to an hour and a half minute wait if you want to go because yeah, people, people love it. So that's probably my favorite steak, but yes, also at the same time, my freezer is always full of ribeye and sirloin and, uh, as much beef as I can handle. So nice. That's yeah. Yeah. But buddy is a man who knows his steaks. If he if Buddy's willing to spend a hundred dollars on it, it must be good. He's not going to waste his money on junk steak. So yeah, um, there is. Uh, sorry, I don't want to get too off topic here, but there is a. I don't know if you've heard of it. Apparently, it's been around for a long time. But Looks Marketplace here in Sioux Falls. Yes, I've been there once. Um, I didn't know it existed, and then yeah, I went there with somebody. Yeah, we went because uh, the guy who 
So the guy who was basically the heir to the throne of George's Pizza, who's like a guy who's my age, his family owns George's Pizza and he like tried to buy it from them. And they're a very like dramatic family and they like <laughs> yeah. wouldn't sell it to him. And so he was like, all right, fuck you. I'm moving to Sioux Falls and I'm going to go work at a different uh-huh. pizza place. And so when they opened up their restaurant, um, he, he works. Yeah, he works oh, in the he works in the like pizza kitchen. Um, they have super, super good food. We've been there like four or five times and oh, every meal has been really, really good. Hmm. Um, but I noticed there you can get like, um, I don't even know what the descriptor is. You may be do. Um, like when I worked in that steakhouse or the, yeah, chop house, whatever the hell they called it, <laughs> um, that you could like, you know, I would watch the chefs every now and then like you get the cut of beef and like you cut the steaks off of it. Yes. Like you can buy one of those (laughs) and like cut your own steaks off of it and they have you know like 300 400 bucks um and just yeah like cut your own steaks and like and they have it like they have some like dry aging like right there you can like look in and see it and that's Uh pretty pretty wild dang yeah that's awesome no i think i mean it's been a good five six years since I was there and I don't think they had a restaurant then, at least that I knew of, but yeah, no, the restaurant's very, very new. Yeah. It was everything they sold at that market was like high end stuff that Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see anywhere else. Anywhere else in South Dakota for sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet in there. You'll have to come up and we'll, we'll go. Yeah. Uh, This isn't the only time that buddy uh, consumes steak in this episode. So we'll, we'll get back to that later. (laughs) Uh, in the meantime, though, I do. Uh, sorry, I, I do yeah. have to just mention. I do like that after Lila storms off, Buddy just kind of was like, huh? and just, just we get like they, they, we get the, the camera lingers on him long enough just to see that he's going back to the meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Well, you know, fifty dollar steak he's got there. The uh, Lila can wait. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna waste that. All right, so we see Tammy talking to Coach about the Mayor Rodell and Buddy situation earlier that day. They're in bed. She's kind of going on about it, um, obviously pretty worked up about it. She asks Coach what he thinks about the whole situation. And uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's visibly unsure <laughs> what, yeah. what to say. Um, and on cue, saving the day is Gracie. She's good for something, folks. Yeah, crying in the next room, and Buddy or Buddy and Coach immediately takes that cue and says, "I got her! I got, I got her!" <laughs> yeah, he bails. Coach has done an excellent job so far of avoiding uh, even really even speaking about the the situation. Yeah. He just always is kind of listening, which I don't know. I personally feel like I would have said something. Uh, at least I like, hey, probably would have. But. Do we maybe want to think this through a little bit together? Because uh, I think it would not only save my wife some trouble, but also our family in general some stress. This is kind of the doesn't come around often, but every now and then you get a little bit of the coward coach Taylor. And this is definitely an example of that. Yes, for sure. I don't know. You know, maybe since it's like her first big decision in this new position that he just wants to kind of 
let her do her thing. But well, and on still. top of that, I think we, I think it's been implied in the past at least. I don't know that we've ever seen the full wrath of Tammy that coach maybe doesn't want to deal with by maybe bringing up that reality to her as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So Tyra is running for student body president. Julie is helping her out with her campaign. They're going through the halls, kind of, you know, doing the typical high school student body president thing. Uh, Vote for Tyra, you know, that kind (laughs) of thing. And we hear Landry. uh, (laughs) uh, There's something going on. Landry's in the middle of it. We see that one of Tyra's campaign posters, there's something going on with it. Landry's kind of trying to block it off. Doesn't want Tyra to see it. Yeah, it was a weird, like, because Landry is, like, against the wall, but he's questioning everybody, like, who did it? What do you know? You know? (laughs) And so it was a very strange placement, and I suppose they had to do it the way that they did for the reveal that they did, but it was very odd. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought that he was, like, just trying to cover it up so that people can see, but... Yeah, that makes sense to us. So then they do reveal it. Tyra comes over and moves Landry aside. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, somebody like drew devil horns on her and like a unibrow and stuff. Yeah, like, like uh, blacked out one of her teeth, like very juvenile stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I put. Like extremely high school stuff, super lame and not that Not even a high deal. school stuff, like, yeah. <laughs> like elementary school level stuff. Like... But, man, Tyra's pretty upset about it. I mean, there were some references to, like, Tyra's history with men and stuff like that a little bit. But this wasn't even, like, nobody wrote, like, slut on it or anything. It was, like, it was very, like, what it reminded me of is there's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry, um, like, we find Larry in like three different scenes where he's just like stuck waiting for somebody. And so he starts drawing a Hitler mustache on people like on magazines, yeah, like magazine covers. Like it was like uh, that where he was just like yeah, bored. Like it's something you do when you're bored. Exactly. Like, That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it's not even something that you do just to like people you don't like. It's just, Hey, there's a picture of this random person in my history textbook. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's got a mustache yeah. now, you know, like exactly. no big deal. Or when I was in Mr. Hertz class and I would uh, draw in the entertainment weeklies on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like not that big of a deal, but it is a big deal in this episode. Uh, Landry and Tyra, or maybe not Landry, but Tyra goes to trucks, vice principal trucks again, whose sole purpose Who, on the show is just to be. <laughs> a jack one. yeah like just grumpy... like to bring people down yes. like uh he like is once again being a dick about the whole thing and it's like what do you want me to do about it okay sorry like uh oh and then is this where he kind of says something like what do you expect if you get into the race late and yeah yeah like yeah people aren't gonna take you seriously like Really? Do you think that's why people wrote on the posters because she got in on the race late? (laughs) Nobody cares about that. (laughs) All right. Next, we see Matt. He is meeting with a lawyer to kind of get his options for what to do with Grandma Saracen. And the lawyer's laying out kind of a bunch of options. But Matt 
really doesn't want to have to do any of it. Like all of it has to do with Matt, you know, taking responsibility and taking over. And that's not really what Matt's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And I do have in my notes that the, the lawyer suggested becoming grandma's guardian. So I think this maybe is where that idea was introduced. Yep. And he doesn't want that, but the lawyer, yeah, just kind of presents and lays out all of, of Matt's options. Yeah. He brings up the idea of being an emancipated minor. That's going to require uh, Matt's dad. Can't remember the n- nickname we had for him, but basically Dickwad Saracen. Yeah. Um, and, perpetually in Iraq. <laughs> yes. Just over there. <laughs> Uh, so that's he not going to work. He's going to be over there until things are made right. So he is still in 2021, still <laughs> over there. Right. He has not left, <laughs> still working on it. Uh, <laughs> so <clears throat> the lawyer says, well, you know, that basically leaves us with the option of putting her in her home and let the state take care of her. And Matt obviously doesn't like that option either. <clears throat> the lawyer's like, Hey buddy, Hey, just giving you the option <laughs> to your guy. Um, but, so Matt leaves, but the lawyer gives him the paperwork to become an emancipated minor. But once again, gotta have gotta have a parental signature. Yes. Coach and Tim Riggins are helping yep. Smash do some training. A uh maybe an extra push from Tim knocks Smash over. Yeah. Um Smash gets very defensive about this. Very yeah concerned is kind of like what what the hell are you doing mm-hmm. um seems to be a pretty honest mistake yeah Tim i mean i wouldn't describe it as a a brutal hit or anything but right. smash does not like it he actually leaves at that point just kind of walks out of practice doesn't want anything to do with it anymore yeah <clears throat> Back at Applebee's, <laughs> of course, Matt and Grandma are are there having dinner or lunch or whatever, and Matt is trying to talk Grandma uh, into taking her meds, and Grandma refuses. Yeah, she's not having any part of it. Yeah, she's she. Yeah. She doesn't want any part of it at all. Matt is visibly frustrated, so he goes outside to vent and uh, kick some boxes. <laughs> yeah, he's really kicking their ass back there. Yeah. Uh, and in the middle of his outburst, his venting, Julie, his kickboxing, if you will. <laughs> I, I will not. No, I don't blame you. I shouldn't have done it. Uh, in the middle of all that, Julie walks out the back door of Applebee's. Apparently she works there now. Yeah. Apparently her schedule didn't get switched um, (laughs) by Tammy. Tammy didn't override and she's getting a second grade or a second class education. (laughs) Yep. uh, And her AP English. But yep, she is working at Applebee's. So they kind of make awkward small talk yes it's awkward you know matt starts kind of spilling the situation to her opening up about what's going on and then julie says 
something that makes him laugh. I didn't quite catch it, but I think it had something to do with grandma pestering the oh, line yeah, for no. pudding or something. She makes a very rude and in poor taste joke. Even Angie was like, wow, that was really like in poor taste. Because yeah, she's like, Matt's like, he kind of opens up about his concerns about Grandma Saracen. And Juliet is like, oh, well, does it make it better that she's right now like in the expo area yelling at our line cooks to make her some pudding. And Matt is like, Oh crap, I got to go take care of this. And yeah. And then Julie's like, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Your grandma has dementia. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Read the room, Julie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it worked for her because she uh, explains that it's just a joke and they get to laughing about it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So there, there's maybe a little, a little reconnection there. Yeah, maybe a little bit of reconnecting. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, as far as flames that are still burning. Oh yes. We've got Tim and Lila. They're at a local. Uh, Western wear shop, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And Tim is trying on blazers for a dinner, uh, for the dinner with the McCoys and the yep. Garrities. Yeah, they're uh, they're trying some stuff on. Uh, Tim's not very excited about it. He makes the comment, "I can dress myself." And Lila says, "No, Tim, you only know how to put on a plaid shirt and button one button." <laughs> <laughs> which is an accurate description of yeah, not wrong. Tim's wardrobe. Tim really doesn't want to go to the dinner, but Lila's, you know, kind of convincing him saying, Hey, uh, what's the guy's name? What McCoy? I don't know. I, every time that I have his name down, I just have it as Mr. McCoy because <laughs> I'd never catch his first name. All right. Pa McCoy. You might be able to help him with college stuff. Because he must have played college football or whatever. Yeah, he played at Oklahoma. He went yep. to Oklahoma. Um, so yep. Uh, and she also wants Tim to you know spend some good time with Buddy as well. So those are the reasons why he should go. Uh, we see Tyra and Landry. They're working on <laughs> Tyra's campaign <laughs> at the Colette household. Yeah, uh, Landry has come up with a campaign slogan. A vote for Tyra is a vote for hotness. <laughs> Come yeah. on, Landry. We had another something about action, getting action. Uh, vote for Tyra and get some action. Yeah, it's that. very like just come on, but but um, Ma Colette is in favor of it. She says, yeah, that uh. You know you're a, you're a beautiful girl, and you should use that to your advantage. Once again, um, arguably echoing the faded 2008 presidential campaign or uh, with Sarah Palin, but <laughs> yeah, the Colette women are actually into it. Uh, it was kind of dismissed at first, but then they're like, you know, maybe there's something to this. I don't know if you noticed Landry's shirt, but. Uh, oh. It was a white, it was a plain white shirt with just tidy whitey underwear <laughs> on the chest. Oh, no, I did not notice that at all. Pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, I kind of liked it, but it was it was good for Landry. Wardrobe did a good sure, job on yeah. it. So. 
Uh, so they, yeah, the hotness approach is they just had to run with it. Which they're going, they're going. I mean, it. part of me is like, come on, but another part of me is like, high school, because <laughs> what really is student body president? Like, even yeah, yeah, like I, I think it's a, I think it's a winning campaign and <laughs> to to go for it. Yeah. All right. So Tyra shows up to school the next day uh, with strippers. <laughs> yeah. Some of, I put it in my notes as some of Mindy's colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a nice way to put it. Uh, yeah. They're putting on a little show out in the, you know, school courtyard or whatever that was outside. And, you know, Tyra's doing her campaigning thing with some, uh, yeah, with some ladies gyrating around her. Very and, popular, big yep, crowd. People generated. are eating it up. Uh, along comes old Buzzkill, VP Trucks. Here he comes. That's all he does. Yep. And he kind of loses his mind about the whole situation. Uh, not happy that there's a uh, dance show by strippers on school property. Yeah, he gets them all out of there. He is ready to, well, he basically, he does suspend Tyra until Tammy comes and breaks things up and kind of overrules his suspension. Yeah. He basically calls Tyra dumb uh, in the process. Like has a real piece of work. He does not feel good about his life and is uh, (laughs) taking it out on other people, I think. But yeah, Tammy comes out, does a little damage control, breaks it up, suspends the suspension, uh, as far as I can tell. So that's that. That's uh, Tyra's hotness approach. Uh, it's not over yet, though. We'll get back to that yes. in a little bit. Uh, meanwhile, co- yeah. Meanwhile, Coach shows up at the Alamo Freeze to talk to Smash. Mm-hmm. Smash admits that, oh, this is where I think I alluded to this earlier, but that uh, he was kind of spooked by his injury. Yeah. And that uh, he's a little bit worried about his limits. He's he's worried about giving 100%. Yeah. And not only physically, you know, he's he's not just afraid that he's physically not himself, but he is afraid that he's not actually great like that it was just kind of like a fleeting thing and it was because he was a dylan panther and he was surrounded by that but you know kind of imposter syndrome uh he's not actually as good as people thought he was Mm -hmm. um so coach tells him listen you got to suck it up it's part of being a man uh meet uh meet me on saturday night at 8 p.m at the football field full pads yep yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at the school, they're having a little school assembly, student body, town hall meeting campaign thing. Yeah. A little, uh, little election town hall is what I described it as. It kind of makes you think, I don't know if these things actually happen outside of um, television. Um, <laughs> right. I, I don't know if we just went to too small of a high school yeah. um, to experience these things. I, we, Angie and I have been, uh, we always kind of pick a show out to like, we'll watch an episode before bed, you know, uh-huh, kind of slowly yeah. go through. And so we finished the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh-huh. uh, a couple of weeks ago and we were trying to decide what to do next. And uh, 
I suggested that we watch Eastbound and Down because I thought that Angie would like it. And it had been a, a while since I watched it. Yeah. And Angie really, really liked it. Nice. Um, and so we moved on from that to Vice Principals, which is also a Danny McBride and oh. um, who's the guy behind it? Jody Hill and Danny McBride and uh, David Gordon Green and Walton Goggins is in it. Okay. Um, and we've been watching through that. We just finished season one and I got through we i i actually had watched it before and actually we finished we over dinner this evening we watched the season one finale and i kind of was like oh did we have a vice principal at platt high school and i had to text huh. uh a high school friend uh and yeah. be like did we have a vice principal and she was like no no <laughs> and i was like we oh weird yeah that's kind of strange we just i guess we're too small of a school to have a, a vice principal so yeah. i wonder if we were too small of a school to have uh, election town halls <laughs> as well as well i mean i don't think we even had a student body student body we president no we just no. had class presidents yeah yeah so yeah we can't really relate to this uh it's, the only reason i know that uh and we can, I don't know if this is going to make the episode or I don't know if the earlier conversation about this is going to make the episode. The only reason that I know that our senior vice president was a girl, I'm pretty sure it was, now that I think about it, Suzanne Sweat, um, is because our junior class president was Tyler Hoffman. Oh my gosh. Because as a bit. <laughs> yeah. You know. <clears throat> of course. Um, and I think he was going to be our senior vice president until somebody was like, Hey, or our senior class president until somebody was like, Hey, by the way, the senior vice, or God, I keep <laughs> trying to say vice president, the senior class president is the one who like organizes the reunions and stuff. And that's yeah. when we were like, okay, we better find somebody who takes <laughs> this kind of shit seriously because yeah. Uh, no, Jordan uh, is our, class president was our senior class Bad president. call. <laughs> uh, so, but he has done an excellent job of uh, leading by delegating those responsibilities oh, to people good, who care, yeah. like Aaron Vanderheiden, Aaron Myrink. Right. Uh, so she's the yeah, one who organizes be, all our things now. <laughs> couldn't be me. I like... Yeah. Yep. Nope. <laughs> I haven't been to a class reunion yet, and I oh, really? don't know if I'll go to one ever uh, maybe i'll hit the what will uh, 20 year i guess <laughs> this, yeah. this year will be 15 so we're probably i can't imagine we do a 15 if we do i'm fucking not going <laughs> <laughs> we've we've done 5 10 15 and oh really i always go because it's always uh like it's just all of us who you know hang out every once in a while anyway mm -hmm. and then you know like it's actually enjoyable people mostly right that go so uh um, yeah so tyra yeah, so the election town hall <laughs> tyra is uh continuing her campaign strategy of uh flaunting what the lord gave her mm -hmm. can't blame her uh, and much in the way that somebody pointed out the fact that, uh, who you vote for, uh, senior class president is the one that plans your class reunions. Tyra points out that, uh, whoever student body president will apparently plan prom and <laughs> which I don't think that's a thing, but maybe in mm -hmm. Dylan Hyde is, but, uh, 
if they vote for Ginny, nobody's getting laid because Ginny must <laughs> have prom in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tyra is, I mean, just acting, uh, you know, airheaded. And yeah, she's making those kinds of wild campaign promises. Um, she's running a real populist campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gets very good response to it as yeah um, people the the students yeah. of Dylan High are loving it it's a it's a classic like I feel like that's a uh, a trope of like TV um, like high school TV shows where like somebody decides to run for class president and they decide to make like wild campaign promises and like the right. lesson at the end of the episode is like oh you shouldn't have done that <laughs> you know like um, you can't do that or whatever you know like I, that probably happened on like Saved by the Bell right <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, I specifically remember in third grade when we had like a class election uh, with Mrs. Riser's class uh, that th- there were promises made to have Kool Aid in the water fountains. <laughs> water fountains yeah. yep, classic grade school pr- uh, campaign yep. promise, but then that got one upped by having soda in Ooh. the <laughs> water fountains. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, Tyra's basically promising. Uh, that everybody's going to get laid if <laughs> if yeah. she uh, is president. So big promises. Which, frankly, I mean, she's with Landry. So, I mean, <laughs> anything's possible. It's a, uh, yeah. Uh, we get some football here. Uh, Panthers yeah. are whipping butt. Riggins gets a touchdown and then we're done with the football game. That's it. Yeah. It's a real cakewalk. Um, I did write down, I guess the two game rumor from last week is irrelevant. <laughs> for- what was that again? Um, that remember like everybody was worried that coach oh, yeah, would be coach able to, cause, cause he planned his whole last year season around smash Williams and now smash, uh, is gone. Yes. And right. buddy said, don't worry about that two game rumor. Right. Uh, I coach, I don't, doesn't need to be worried about the two, oh, game that two blowouts. Yeah. He's, he's kicking butt. Yeah. So we get about literally 20 seconds of football here. And then we immediately cut back to Applebee's like, course, let's yeah. keep this show on track. Let's get back to Applebee's. I, I will say this was the first season that was um, first the the first direct TV exclusive season oh, for yeah. the for like for right. the original run. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if part of that move to direct TV was uh, maybe they they got a little bit heavier funding from Applebee's. Applebee's. Yeah, I, it must be because <laughs> Applebee's cut a check. They wanted yeah. to save Friday Night Lights. <laughs> I think so. All right, so at Applebee's. It's the after party, game after party. Everybody, the whole town is there. Yes, of course. And Tammy feels as if everyone there, the whole town, hates her. Yeah, they're all either not making eye contact or giving her the stink eye. Yes. Uh, Some guy comes up to coach and asks when J.D. McCoy is going to get to play, um, which is, you know, kind of a pretty typical coach interaction. But Tammy starts freaking out because he didn't even acknowledge her. Yeah. So she yeah. thinks he's giving her the cold shoulder. Yeah. Also, like this whole obsession with JD McCoy is like it's a moot point. Like the guy's a freshman. Yeah. Like he's got plenty of years ahead of him. He will do fine. But like Matt And Saracen the Panthers are playing. like kicking ass too. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, so, like coach is like Matt Saracen had a good game tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why you're asking me when JD McCoy is gonna start. Yeah. I mean, they're they're blowing everybody out. I think we can have some faith in Matt Saracen right now. Uh, so Tammy's freaking out. 
about people looking at her or not looking at her. Um, and she basically like kind of drags coach's opinion about the jumbotron situation out of him. And he does admit carefully and tentatively that it could be construed by some as a questionable decision. Uh, Tammy doesn't like to hear that. And um, coach points out that, listen, buddy and the boosters are going to get what they want. And that's just kind of the way it is. You got to realize that. Yeah. Not saying that you're wrong, but yes, this is just kind of how things go. Um, I do want to make a point just because we, we just talked about how, how much Applebee's is featured in this episode. <laughs> I thought it was odd. There's a line in there. I don't know if you noted it. I did write it down where coach is kind of having a hard time navigating the menu. Did you catch that? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I mean, maybe this is now that I think about it, maybe it was a um, positive sign, but the coach is like, they changed the menu. I can't. <laughs> like, he's like, oh. <laughs> um, so maybe it was them trying to say like, Hey, we've got all new menu items. <laughs> you know, absolutely. No, I do uh, remember you're not that. even going to be able to find your way around the menu. <laughs> I do remember coach saying that. I think he was saying it just to like try and dodge the yeah. conversation, try and that makes sense. Avoid too. the topic of the jumbotron. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder if that, you know what? That's probably when they took out the sizzling apple pie. Right. You yeah. Know, the new <laughs> menu. Like, that, I can't yeah. even find the freaking sizzling <laughs> apple pie on here. I'm going to have to get on Facebook and write an angry message. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Matt and grandma, they're talking. Grandma is pretty insistent that there should be a new episode of Cagney and Lacey on TV. Yeah, she is unappreciative. I wrote grandma's appreciative of Matt, but unappreciative of the cancellation of Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, she begins to talk about how much Matt loves football. What a great game he had. He loves football. And then gets into how sweet he was as a baby. And then she expresses how much she appreciates him taking care of everything yeah. and taking care of her. Um, nice warm and fuzzy moment. Yeah. Like she's really laying it on thick, but it's like honest though. Yes. Like it's yeah. genuine. Absolutely. Um, but you can see that now Matt is faced with an even deeper dilemma, you know, mm -hmm. with the home sending her to a home or you know whatever situation so it's not making things any easier yeah so matt goes it's it's hard to tell what time of night it is that uh, yeah i've got lots of timeline issues here for the rest of the episode <laughs> but yes but yeah matt it's we know that it's dark out um and matt goes and knocks on landry's window which is a pretty bold move because knowing that landry's with with Tyra, you could be interrupting <laughs> something depending on what time what time of night it is. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, but he says, Listen, Landry, I need to borrow your car. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Landry kind of grills him for a second, but Matt makes it pretty clear that, like, hey, listen, this is something serious. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about it. And he says, see, okay, here's one of my timeline questions. We don't have to get into it too much because I think we've pretty much established that occasionally the timeline just does not make sense in Friday Night Lights. Yeah. But presumably this is Friday night and it's late. Yes, after the game. Yep. And he says, because uh, when Landry asks what he's going to do with the car, he says, listen, 
uh, how about I just take the car, I'll have it back by morning and you won't even know it's gone. But then <laughs> when we see him driving, like it's clearly daytime. It's morning. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't work. Like, so clearly he drove all night. <laughs> like, yeah, apparently. Um, so yes, he pulls up, Matt is driving. He pulls up to a house, knocks on the door. And oh boy, it's Matt's mom. Yes, we find out that the woman who answers is Matt's mom. He um, asks her to sign the emancipated minor papers. It kind of explains the situation about uh, how he's taking care of grandma and Pa Saracen is still in Iraq uh, <laughs> until things get right. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> He's pretty standoffish with his mom. It's kind of implied that they do not have a very good relationship. Yeah. No, he's not interested in any small talk. He just wants her to just sign the paper and be done with it. He's pretty cold throughout the whole thing, but she does sign. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. We're going to presume here that it's Monday sometime. We'll get back to that in a minute because Tyra, they're in school. Tyra stops by Tammy's office. She's pretty uh, excited and vic- feeling pretty victorious. She's, she's, she's gloating. Yeah. She's gloating. Yes. Uh, and I think genuinely is expecting Tammy to share in her victorious uh, feelings. Yeah. I think she's expecting Tammy to be proud of her. Mm-hmm. But Tammy is pretty unimpressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not impressed and not happy. Doesn't really want much to do with the whole thing and oh my gosh uh in true movie dude one fashion i have in my notes she lays it on the line to tyra (laughs) (laughs) i literally had that in my notes uh but yeah she does she lays it on the line with tyra and basically threatens that she better start earning back some self-respect and some of that faith faith and trust that tammy had in her or she will be on her own in her endeavors to get to college. The next scene, now it's Saturday night because we know that smash was yes. supposed to meet coach at. Yeah. So what the hell's going Why was yeah. we're flap flapping back and forth Yeah, where you're it's, not supposed uh, to think about it. Some, uh, uh, what's his name? Christopher Nolan or, <laughs> you know, messing with the, uh, perception of time. Yes. Um, so apparently it's Saturday. Maybe coach meant meet, meet me in a week and a half uh, <laughs> Saturday at 8 p.m. So, but uh, Smash is at the field and, you know, he's full pads. And the whole Panther football team shows up. It's going to go live. Also in full pads, they're going to do some, run some scrimmages. And in the midst of all of this, Smash takes a, a pretty big hit. <laughs> yeah. Seemed a little excessive for what they were doing. But yeah, gets hit hard. Yeah. And he's uh, he's laying in the end zone. And everyone's kind of afraid that he's gotten hurt again. And he lays there for a while. And then he stands up and triumphantly declares, That's six. I'm back, baby. Yeah, and, Smash uh, is back. Smash has got his groove back. 
So it's finally time for dinner with the McCoys for um, Lila and Tim. I don't know if you remember this, Josh. Very early on in season one, I told you, and I'm, I'm going to have to look back at, oh, no, I, now I can't. Um, I'll explain why off the air in a second, what I'm talking about. But I explained in season one, like one of the first, for sure, first 10 episodes, probably in the first five episodes. Uh I told you there was a quote from Tim Riggins that is offensive, but that I remembered uh, from the show. And I did not realize that it came this late in the show. I now you realize the one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we won't say it on the air, but Tim says something um, now uh, hasn't aged well. We'll say. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I uh, can't say that word anymore, Tim. No. Um, they're heading into the fancy dinner and Tim knows that JD McCoy's dad went to Oklahoma and played football <laughs> Lila is, and he says that Lila doesn't know how he knew that. And he says, "Well, I googled it." Lila's impressed that he knows how to use Google. <laughs> Tim says, "Well, yes, I'm not a," and then we, we don't say that word anymore. Yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty funny exchange up until it Tim was, had yes. to drop that word. Yes, uh, but yeah, um, two thousand eight so, was a different time. <laughs> two thousand. I mean, yeah, that was twelve years ago. That's yeah. a long time. Lots happened since then. Buddy pulls Tim aside while they kind of, you know, exchange pleasantries with the McCoy family and yeah. Buddy. And Says, then, I don't yeah. like you with my daughter. Yeah. I don't he like lays it on the line, I'd say. Um, and so not only does he not like him with Lila, but that his relationship with <laughs> Joe, it's Joe. I have it in my notes. Joe McCoy. Joe McCoy. Pa McCoy. Uh, is extremely important, and Tim better not jeopardize that, or he will hurt Tim. Yeah, I got a little bit like kind of weirded out by this whole thing. I did write down like because I was running out of I. This is literally at the bottom of this page, and I didn't <laughs> want to do a, a double pager. Uh-huh. But like, I just like his relationship with uh, Mr. McCoy is important. <laughs> like, I think it's it just because me- he's a booster. Money. Right. It, it, that's what it made me wonder if there was like some sort of like off screen implied, like some reason that that uh, Joe McCoy has got buddies balls in a vice. Yeah. Or what. Yeah. But buddies like, in deep with, a, <laughs> with the with the stud of suds. Very, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's very concerned with impressing JD or Joe McCoy. Yeah. Uh, I just liked that buddy physically threatened Tim Riggins. Yeah. Okay, man. <laughs> uh at the dinner, Tim's really freezing up in conversation. He is struggling. He literally only says things like uh and um uh but it comes time to order. It kind of bails him out a little bit. It's time to order. And <laughs> Buddy orders the porterhouse steak. Uh it not on the menu anymore, but he tells the waiter just to have the chef cut him off one. <laughs> just go cut me one. Uh, so surprised by what we know with Buddy that he didn't get the New York strip. I know. Well, <laughs> Buddy's got very specific tastes, I think. Oh, yeah, it needed true. to be a porterhouse, whether they had it or not. <laughs> uh, Tim once again freezes up when it's his turn to order. 
And, you know, you see him kind of glancing at the complicated menu of things he's not used to. And he presumably just picks something at random and yeah. goes with the squab. <laughs> he settles settles on the squab. And you know what? Let's go ahead and make that rare. <laughs> Tim says. Well, this is he's like, uh, I'll, I think I'll take the squab. And Joe McCoy's wife is like, are you sure? <laughs> like, and it's interesting because I didn't know what squab was. Yeah. Um, I'll admit it's been several years, probably 12 and a half years since I've watched this episode. I might have just known it from watching this, but yes. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> uh, Mrs. McCoy says, are you sure? And I think it's great. I think it's a, a very clever piece of writing because I think probably most people who are watching this episode do not know what squab is. I yeah. would have to imagine. And so I think it gives an impression of if this is something like really expensive to like impress mm-hmm. them. And she's like, cause she almost gives like the way she says, are you sure suggests you don't have to do this son. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> But yeah, but Tim doubles down. Yeah, he's very confident, and yeah, he decides to take it rare. Oh yeah, we're gonna have rare squab. And Lila is horrified as this is happening. Yeah, you like it's that's literally the look on her face, like horror, like oh my gosh, what is happening? We cut to Tim dropping Lila off, and Lila is just chewing out Tim for blowing it at dinner. Um, Not impressed. She's She's pretty pissed. Didn't ask about Oklahoma. You could barely even respond to any questions they asked you. Uh, you ordered rare pigeon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, she she said it. She was like, they were asking you questions and you couldn't even respond. She said, that was really rude, which I thought was weird. Like, it obviously wasn't rude. He was just struggling. Yeah, it's not like he was anxious, being a jerk. Yeah. He was just struggling. Yeah. Uh. But Tim says, you know, Lila, maybe I'm just too simple of a guy. Maybe I'm just not classy enough for you. Um, and then kind of says something along the lines of like, maybe maybe we should just go our separate uh, ways yep. or whatever. And, and Lila yeah, agrees. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Yep. And so they do-ish. Yeah, they, they essentially break up. Uh, presumably later that night. Buddy shows up at the Taylor household to talk with Tammy. Uh, kind of pulls up in the driveway, right? She's like in the mm-hmm. garage. Yeah. And she uh, or Buddy lets her know that there was a school board meeting. Some, yeah. Some and sort they, of meeting. Yeah. They decided to freeze the, uh, the booster funds um, and they decided they're going to like decide what to do with them at a later date, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Tammy is pretty upset. Um, Coach kind of comes in at the tail end of this exchange. Yeah. Um, but yeah. quickly, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a call. Um, mm. But yeah, buddy, buddy tells her that they've scheduled a public meeting. Basically. Yeah. Yep. In that, She's invited that one. It sounds like basically everyone else besides her was invited to the meeting to decide yeah. this. And then, yeah, now they're going to have a, a Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope style 
uh, yes. public meeting to discuss the jumbotron to see what to see what the people want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah coach but, gets a call and it's Mitch. Yes, <laughs> I right away like as I, I was taking notes as I was like obviously watching the episode and I I just put Mitch in quotations. But I was like, oh, what's gonna happen here? I thought it was gonna be something bad, but good news is that he shows up at the smash household yeah and announces that smash has been accepted as a walk-on at texas a&m a real school yeah <laughs> a non, non-fictional university yep yep he's got a he's got a walk-on tryout two weeks they got work to do yeah. uh tim heads home from lila's house tyra is there sitting on his couch uh, she's waiting for Mindy, who is in the back room with Billy. Yeah, like didn't she say that like they stopped by to grab something, and then I guess that Mindy just or one of them <laughs> couldn't, uh, couldn't yeah couldn't themselves. restrain themselves couldn't couldn't wait. So she was waiting for Billy and Mindy to get done back there. Uh, so Tim walks in takes off his pants down to his underwear, grabs a couple beers out of the fridge. Yep. Sits they kind down of next to Tyra. Yeah. Tyra and, and Tim kind of connect on not feeling good enough. Yes. Um, both feeling that they are doomed to the life of their siblings. Yep. Yep. No, that's a good connection. I hadn't even really thought about the fact that Tyra would also be resonating with that um but yeah they're kind of laughing about tim's kind of making fun of himself and they're laughing about the squab situation and being uncultured and all that big rig beer count that's one yep i marked it marked it down um and as they're kind of laughing about all that uh who else walks into the riggins house but lila yep she asked where his pants are yeah, this uh, this scene gave me brief anxiety because <laughs> right. it's one yes, of those. I mean, it's it's you. a it's like a, a Frasier esque situation <laughs> where it's just like this could all be explained away. I just hope that she listens. I was just very it's like <laughs> like really, this is really innocent. Um, but luckily, yeah, she does ask where his pants are. Um, I mean, obviously, Tyra is fully clothed, but still, sitcom people are not reasonable people, um, <laughs> right? But yeah, she she asks where Tim's pants are, and it seems like maybe she's a little bit worried until um it becomes obvious that Tyra is there for Mindy, who comes out yeah. uh pretty <laughs> I wrote <wow>. sexed. <laughs> she's looking yeah, very that's sexed. a good that's a good word for it, yeah. Uh yeah. No, I was kind of confused that it all of a sudden was just Okay, but I guess that makes sense. Like if that was yeah. like proof that Tyra was there. Right. And once again, Tyra's fully reason. clothed. And why would Tim be sitting there with a beer in his hand with, with his pants off and Tyra's fully clothed? You know, like it wouldn't yeah. make sense for, for that. So no, I yeah, I was glad that we didn't get a uh a more awkward situation than we needed. Yeah. So it appears that things are on the mend between the two mm-hmm. of them. Uh <laughs> Well, cashing in more of that Applebee's money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Matt's driving past Applebee's. Um, and, I, I, sorry, oh, I, I do have to note this. We did get a music cue as this scene oh. was happening, and I don't know if you, I shazammed it. It was a the Riggins we, house scene, or 
No, uh, while Matt is oh, driving the Applebee's back. Scene. So Matt is driving back. So I know we've talked about this. Um, I think we had a previous song that had this view. The song has 151 Shazams. Only 151 people <laughs> have ever Shazammed the song. I love that. That is yeah. very insignificant. But um, I do want to note this before we talk about what happens because, or while we talk about what happens, because Matt is driving back home. And as he is pulling back into Dylan, by the way, it's the next night. He does not have Landry's <laughs> car back by morning. Right. Um, he looks over and sees Applebee's and decides to swing by Applebee's to see Julie. While all this is going on, <laughs> there is a song playing. And Josh, I don't think this is any coincidence. Okay. Knowing what knowing what we know. Uh-huh. The song is by a Maggie Walters. And the title of the song is Be Careful Love, which I think is a warning for, yeah. to Matt. Big time. <laughs> uh, to be careful, but Matt does not heed the song's advice. <laughs> no, he, he pulls over. Maggie Walters be damned. And uh, he... And he offers Julie a ride home from work. Mm-hmm. Why didn't Julie? Oh, yeah, because that's the whole reason Julie is working is because she. Right. We'll know in a second why she doesn't have a car because she's about to get one. She's very excited about <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Uh, but things are definitely rekindling. Matt right. tells her about going to see his mom and becoming an emancipated minor. And Julie's like, oh, emancipated minor. It's kind of hot. Does that mean you get to vote and drink and smoke and rent cars? <laughs> Matt says, no, uh, means I get to take care of old people. <laughs> uh, Julie freaks out in the passenger seat. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. I would be pissed if someone did that to me <laughs> while I was driving just to stop and look at the car that she is going to buy. <laughs> Toyota Celica. Yeah. Matt's, Matt's really ragging on her. Uh, making fun of the fact that it's a Celica. And I actually, when Matt was, I didn't mention this earlier. I had it in my notes, but I forgot to mention it. When Matt was going to borrow Landry's car, I was very confused because I was like, didn't Matt buy that Dodge Dart uh, with that girl that he was dating Mm -hmm. before? I was like, why doesn't he just take his Dodge Dart? And then Julie fills us in here that uh, Mm -hmm. she teases that, oh, you don't like the Celica. Maybe I should be like you and buy a Dodge Dart and let the engine fall out. So mm-hmm. mystery I think that solved. Ha- that happened on screen, didn't it? It did. I thought that Matt's car died on screen because I think it was after he broke up with that girl. Oh yeah. Um, because it was kind of a like she can't help him anymore thing okay. or something. But I may be mistaken. We'd have Yeah, to, that would make sense. Life was falling apart. Put it in him, put it so. in the Twitter comments if you know <laughs> what happened yeah. to Matt's Dodge Dart. Yeah, I thought maybe that was one of the lost storylines of season two <laughs> i think that one was actually that, they that tied that actually um, happen. all right so yeah that's how we end the episode with matt mm-hmm. and julie kind of hitting things off again so talking about a toyota celica it, that, that julie eventually plans to buy <laughs> brings people together all right so that's the end we will be right back with the awards segment of our show
Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to kick off the awards section of our show. We are going to start, as we always do, with the Coach Taylor Inspo rating. Anthony, how inspiring was Coach this week? You know, this is a real interesting episode for Coach because we do see those great Coach moments. The meet me on the field Saturday night, full mm-hmm. pads. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and he's really, really pushing. He's making those calls to the universities. He's he's yeah. doing all this stuff. But at the same time, <laughs> we also get coward coach. Yes. Yeah, he's got coach has two storylines going here. Um, and they're headed in very opposite directions. Yeah, I have a hard time giving him anything but a five just because um, you know, he builds goodwill with smash but he loses a lot of goodwill with tammy so i think the best i can give him is a, is a middle of the road five yeah i agree because i i feel like the coward coach is in my mind is the more prominent storyline when i think of this i mean it's called what tammy knows best so i feel like that's like the main storyline that's happening uh, and the smash one is secondary. So I give the coward coach a little more weight. So I would even sure. maybe go a little bit lower because yeah. I, and, and I also think it is ex- inspiring the smash, the smash one, but it's not like the most inspiring thing that coach has ever done. So it's not like we're For working sure. with a, a 10 and a zero. Right. Uh, That's I feel, true. I, so I feel like, uh, I'd probably give it a four just a little yeah. bit. I'm willing to to go Less there. Less inspiring. So, all right, coach. Uh, yeah, not your best week. It was close to a wash, but just a little bit on the negative side. Julie Taylor Hatometer. We get a little bit more Julie. I feel like she's been a little bit missing. Uh, yeah, I'm a gonna couple s- different things going on with her. I'm gonna say it's definitely in the positives because of the rude joke that she makes. <laughs> Um, about grandma yelling at the line cooks uh, just yes. because she knew that it would get a rise out of Matt and she only did it to be a jerk. So, um, I mean, aside from that, we don't see a lot of Julie. No, she's we helping tire a little bit. That's about it. Yeah. I think if I have to go from a, an objective perspective yes, and not knowing what I do know right. comes from Julie... Um, I'm going to say like a two. Yeah. I was going to say that same thing because you see Matt and Julie getting back together. And in my mind, knowing what I know, I'm like, no, 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 this is bad. (laughs) But if you're watching this for the first time, you're probably seeing it as good. Yeah. You're probably loving it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the first time I watched this, I was like, yes, Matt and Julie back together. We're, we're liking it. Um, but yeah, the two main knocks were the bad joke and then also freaking out in the passenger seat yelling stop, which I feel like should only happen if you are about to drive directly into another vehicle. Um, it's the only time when you should be screaming stop in the passenger seat. So, yep. Two sounds good to me. Um, these aren't egregiously bad negative things, but still not good. So uh, Julie, we're giving you a two this week on the hato meter. Big rig beer tally. We got one. We got one. The Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. We do get quite a bit of Matt here. Yeah. 
I think my nomination is going to be him going uh, out back at Applebee's and kicking the boxes. <laughs> Just going off on some cardboard and then getting caught <laughs> by his ex-girlfriend. That's, that's pretty goofus, Malufus. Yeah. Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. <laughs> Man, Buddy My nomination. Real, he was a real head. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had a lot of really scummy moments from telling Lila, um, like asking her if she's using production with Tim yes. to him pulling Tim aside and basically putting him on blast. But I, my choice has got to be a moment that you didn't even catch. Um, where Merodell is tearing into Tammy and he is just standing by and loving it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is when I was with uh, my kids were in the bath and I was so I was taking notes on the same screen that I was watching with. And I, in my mind, Buddy was like cowering in the background, like fiddling with stuff on the shelf, but oh, no. apparently. <laughs> He was loving it. Um, can we can we pull it up? Can I get it going on Hulu? Sure. Do we have the? Let me just get it going there. We uh, we just watched the clip, and Josh has now seen the <laughs> the look on Buddy's face as Marinell is is tearing Tammy a new one, and. It's as good as advertised, yeah. folks. But he is loving it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I. That's definitely a great Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. Uh, notable music cues. We had, what was that? Maggie Walters. Maggie Walters. Be careful, love. Yes. A uh, little foreshadowing there. Uh, outdated pop culture reference of the week slash canceled corner. Going to have to go with Tim's usage of the R word. Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and cancel that. Sorry, Tim. Not sorry, Tim. Uh, no. Quote of the episode. Do you have anything noted? <laughs> the only quote that I wrote down was the canceled corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not giving that quote of the episode. Uh, no. Um <laughs> Let's see. I had uh, Tim says to Lila, I can dress myself. No, Tim, you only know how to put on a plaid shirt and button one button. I have uh, that six. I'm back, baby. Uh, Julie saying emancipated minor. That's a, that's kind of hot. Does that mean you get to vote and drink and smoke and rent cars? Uh, no, it means I get to take care of old people. From Matt. That, those are that's what I had written down. No standouts, but yeah, nothing that uh, yeah that stands out for me either. All right, um, I probably laughed the most at. Uh, Julie and Matt's line. I wouldn't even call it a laugh. I chuckled at that. So mm -hmm. we'll go with that. The emancipated minor line. Mm -hmm. uh, who's our MVP of the episode? This is a tough one. Tammy Taylor. <laughs> really? You think so? I think she's kind of getting her ass kicked. Yeah, she is. You're right. <laughs> um, 
Wait, I don't know. It's like Tyra gets elected student body president, but she kind of, you know, sank to a pretty low spot to get there. Yeah. Um, and like, say with like Matt has some strengths and weaknesses. Like everybody's. Um, oh, really, I got it. As right. since since it's since nobody else is really sticking out, I think we gotta go with Smash. I think that's a safe. You know, as far as like he has the most success in the episode, he's not like the most valuable player of the episode as far as entertainment goes, but um, he's probably winning the episode. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Okay, uh, our episode rating then is what we're left with. I loved this episode. It's very good. A lot. Um, Enjoyed watching it, was furiously taking notes throughout it. I got to give this a strong eight. I, that's right where I wanted to be as well. Loved it. Lot, yep. Uh, excellent episode. Makes me excited to watch more. I think it Same. is a good idea for us to only be doing one a week at this point. Agreed. But <laughs> at the same time, uh, I could have wa- gone ahead and and watched another one. Yeah. You know? Don't get me wrong. I'm definitely uh, chomping at the bit to watch season three episode three so we'll yep. we'll we'll see everyone next week with that episode yes uh before we go anthony uh as we're trying to do here with season three what what's our main lesson what's our takeaway from this this episode how about this don't cross buddy in the boosters <laughs> i like don't cross buddy the boosters i was trying to think of something for tyra with the um populist campaign and then gloating after winning <laughs> but i like i like don't cross buddy in the boosters i think that is probably the bigger takeaway from yeah from the episode. i mean if you're talking dylan texas that's probably uh one of the main things you have to remember like when you move to town they're like listen buddy be careful but the also boosters don't cross i think them. i think you could argue that sex sells is a <laughs> A, a lesson to take from this episode. Yep. No, those are both good. Great lessons to be learned. Yeah. Season three, living up to the hype so far. Loving it. Great episode. Shout out to our listeners in the West yes, Indies. Yes, obviously. Shout out to the listeners in the West Indies. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, yeah, check us out on Twitter. Check us out. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, all those things that supposedly help. I hear other podcasts say that, so we'll say that too. Yeah, allegedly. Yep. Um, but yeah, great to have you with us. We will catch you next week for episode three. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.